Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. Well, Happy New Year, Christ Community Church. Um, there are about 50 more people here than I thought would be uh, because on top of New Year, this being New Year's Day, I know that uh, many of you, like me, stayed up to watch that football game. Um, I'm not rubbing it in. I won't say anything. I'm just saying I stayed up and watched it. That's all. And uh, who schedules a football game that goes past midnight on New Year's Eve? I mean, honestly, come on, college football. Get your act together. Um, but it is a new year, and this is also... Megan, come here for a second. Come here. This is our wedding anniversary. Um, so, married seven years today, and by the way, um, a little advice to those of you who are single or know those who are single, do yourself a favor and do two things. Marry your best friend and make sure that they're hot. And so, <laughs> happy anniversary, baby. Oh, uh, so <clears throat> I am preaching this weekend because uh, dad and mom had the day off yesterday, kind of. Um, we, um, their mom's birthday present and their anniversary present and their Christmas present for the next 10 years uh, was they went to the Kentucky-Louisville game yesterday and uh, watched Kentucky whoop up on Louisville by 23 points. And so they got to watch that from good seats and uh, all the kids and grandkids kicked in and got them a hotel Friday night so they could just walk across uh, really just 15 feet and watch practice and watch the game and all that kind of stuff. So that was, that was a good deal. Um, and I apologize ahead of time. Yeah, I have been hacking and sneezing all morning. We, my wife finally figured out. I just thought, I'm just getting old, and I have bad sinuses and bad allergies. And my wife was like, uh, have you looked at this? And I was like, look at what? And, and it was like there was this mold on our shower. She goes, I looked this up. This isn't normal. We shouldn't have this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so what we figured out also this week, it was Happy New Year to me. We had to have uh, a guy come out and look at our bay windows. We have two big bay windows. Our house was built in 1929. And he looked at those windows and goes, those are original windows. And they're about ready to fall apart. <laughs> so we have to replace all of those. And we have to have somebody come in and clean out our vents because apparently our vents haven't been cleaned since 1929 either, which is what's creating the mold, which is making me hack and sneeze and all that kind of stuff all the time. So, you know, that, that'll be done soon. Um, I'm not going to take a lot of time this morning because it is New Year's Day. And I know that um, some of you, uh, like Gary, are hungover. But, um, <laughs> but, or just upset that, you know, things didn't go their way at midnight last night. But anyway, I, you know, I'm not going to take long. I just want to talk a little bit about the new year. Miss Hill read the text, Joshua 23, 9 through 11. And that text comes from when Joshua 
who is that time now leading the people of God. He's replaced Moses. He's leading the people of God. But he's dying. And so he has a dying declaration. He has something he wants to say to the people of God before he dies. And it's basically this. God has fought for you, so love your God. And it's interesting because he says, be very careful to love your God. Now, that's on purpose. In Hebrew, what he is saying is, watch yourself. Don't just say you love God. Watch your relationship with God as you would watch it with your spouse or someone. Be very careful to love your God. Dying declarations are powerful. As a lawyer, I can tell you, one of the weirdest things on the books, and not all the stuff in law books, by the way, makes any logical sense. Um, that won't shock a lot of you, but so, for example, dying declarations are admissible in court even if they shouldn't be. Because, for whatever reason, the court system has decided that if you're dying, you're going to tell the truth. It does not factor in that you may think you're telling the truth and you may, in fact, be crazy. So if I lost my mind and my dying declaration was that aliens were stealing my Skittles, that would be admissible in court because it's a dying declaration. We, we, for whatever reason, we hold these so powerfully we, we, we look at them like they, this there has to be wisdom there if someone's dying their last words have to be wisdom no matter what they are so I would tell you to take that with a grain of salt except here because here Joshua's words are inspired by God and that's a difference so if I you know end up in hospice, I, I, you know, I pray, I've turned 50 this year, I've turned 51, I guess, this year. And I pray that the Lord gives me another 30, 40 years. I want to see my son grow up. I want to see him get a new girlfriend. I want, I want to see him do his thing, and, and I, I want to see my wife build her the media company that uh, she's been building and all that kind of stuff. I want to see us together with no dogs. That was a nice time. Oh, honey, it smelled so much better, and I'd have to clean up things off the floor. Anyway, um, I, I want to see all of that, but, but regardless, I guarantee you that when I go to be with the Lord whenever that is, whether it's tomorrow or in 40 years, that whatever I say on my deathbed is not the very words of God. That's complete within those 66 books of Scripture. And so when Joshua makes his dying declaration, it is from God to the people of God. And he says to them, the Lord has fought for you. So be careful to love him. Be careful to love him. And what does that mean? 
I hinted at this when I preached last. It's, it's, it's this. What does Jesus say? Those who love me keep my commandments. That's what he says. And what is the last commandment Jesus gave on earth? Go and make disciples of all nations. Now, I'm very proud of this church. I am as proud of this church as I have ever been. 20-some years ago, this church, you know, the reason we have two services is because 20 years ago, we couldn't pack anybody, everybody in here. And then the split came and COVID came and all the other kind of stuff. And everybody is saying that for the new year, I've looked at the Christian Post and the Christianity Today and all this and Barna and so forth. And they're saying things are going to get worse, not better. People are getting their church through podcasts. People are getting their church through YouTube. People aren't going to church anymore. And when they go to church, they go maybe once every four weeks that they'll physically show up. Well, I can argue to, you know, all day from Hebrews to show that that's not right. If you're a true Christian, you're supposed to be part of a physical group. That's what the Bible says. But I'm not going to do that. It's just going to fall on deaf ears. My poor wife made the mistake last year saying that, or maybe it was two years ago, I can't remember when she posted on Facebook. She posted something on Facebook that you should never, ever sacrifice if you're a parent church for sports. Boy, did she get a ribbing. People just went after her. She was right. But people don't want to hear it. You know, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm sorry, your child, your grandchild is not going to the major leagues but they will face judgment before God, so choose which side. That's the way it is. But some people don't want to hear that. Okay, fine. I'm not going to fight that today. It's, it's New Year's Day. We're all going to go home. and Well, most of you are going to watch football because it's my anniversary, though. I had the bright idea of getting married on New Year's Day. I'm not going to be watching football. I'll be doing what my wife tells me to do. So, and that's okay because the Bengals play tomorrow night. But <clears throat> Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Joshua, inspired by God, and Jesus was named after Joshua, says, be careful how you love God. And the commandment that Jesus gave was to go and make disciples of all nations. And I'm very proud of this church. We may be a third of the size we were 20 years ago, but we have done more for the gospel in the past few years than we have ever done. I'm glad that we did single parents fair. I'm glad that we did trick or trunk. Each of those things, by the way, cost 10 grand a piece to do. So, you know, people say, oh, when are we going to do that again? You got $10,000? Because it costs a lot of money to do that. But not one person came to Christ through either one of those events. They were nice events. But the mission of the church is to make disciples. Not to just do good things. And so, this church, 
did something major, it spent more than 10000 You guys have been very generous in the fact that in this year, it feels weird saying that. I keep wanting, keep wanting to say next year. This year, 2023, Christ Community Church Uganda will launch with Eddie and Patrick as their pastors. And you guys did that. And they already, Megan and I were talking to Eddie, already people are walking up, seeing what's being built, seeing the wells. When, 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 does, when is it launched? When, when can we come to church? You guys have made that possible. That is fulfilling the commandment of King Jesus to spread the gospel and make disciples of all nations. And I didn't run this by dad, and I don't know how we're going to pay for it, but I'll go ahead and say it. What I pray is that we do it again. And again. And again. I hope that if the Lord grants me another 30 or 40 years, I see another four or five churches built in the name of Christ Community Church with our prayers, our money, spreading the gospel. I hope and pray that that happens. But that's not the only thing that I hope and pray for. What I want as a pastor, at this point, as long as we can pay our bills, I don't care how big the church is. I really don't care in the abstract about whether or not it's a mega church or whatever. I, don't, I care if the church is faithful. Now, if the church is faithful, it will grow. But that's my main concern. Because the simple fact is you can invite someone to church, you can share the gospel, and they can say no. And more often than not, they will. And there's nothing you can do about that. But the simple fact that you did invite them, that you did share the gospel, means you are being faithful. You have done what King Jesus commanded. Jesus did not say, go and make disciples of all nations, and I want so many numbers. He didn't put a quota. He said, go, be faithful. Because the Bible is also very clear, and this will rankle some of you, salvation belongs to the Lord. It's not up to you. It's your job to share the gospel. It's your job to invite people to church, not because of me, not because of Christ Community Church, but because of Jesus Christ. And people will say no. And I understand that because we live in a culture now that is probably more sensitive than any culture in human history. And social media has not helped. We want likes. And we don't want anyone to criticize us. And we don't want anyone to think that we're intolerant. And we don't want anyone to think we're narrow-minded. And we don't want to be disliked. And saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation strikes a lot of people as intolerant and nasty. And we don't like that. But that's exactly what our king called us to do. And I'm not telling you that you're somehow immature i'm above you that when i because i do this when i invite people to church when i share the gospel i just did this just a little while ago i was on a i was on a text stream whatever you want to call it 
with some guys that I podcast with often, and they made some nasty comments about religion and their experience in church, and I was going back and forth with them, and I was sharing the gospel with them, and I was telling them this is not how it is. This is not, you never judge a philosophy by its abuses. A bad church does not make a bad religion. All over, and I was going through all of this. And the whole time in the back of my mind, I'm thinking they're going to, they're going to unfollow me. We're never going to podcast again. All that other kind of stuff. So what? I understand that instinct. I understand that that pops up. One of my favorite quotes of all time was from Customato. Customato trained several championship fighters in upstate New York. He trained Floyd Patterson, and then he trained a guy named Mike Tyson. He died right before Tyson became champion. If he had lived, because he was a father figure to Tyson, Tyson wouldn't have gone crazy because he did whatever D'Amato told him to do. And Customato's favorite thing to tell his boxers was, the difference between the hero and the coward is not what they feel, it's what they do. The difference between the hero and the coward is not what they feel, it's what they do. They both feel the same thing. One steps forward, the other doesn't. And what I'm asking you in 2023 is whether or not you'll step forward. What I want from this church in this year is not necessarily a lot more money. Dad will fire me for saying that. It's not a lot more programs. Churches are programmed to death. It's faithfulness. Will we as a family, as a church family, be faithful to Jesus Christ? I was, um, years ago, when I was traveling for a living, I used to have to go to Chicago a lot. I hated going to Chicago. Uh, the pizza's good, but other than that, it's, it's a pain in the butt to get around Chicago. I don't know if you've been there. And the people have short tempers. I, I remember once I was driving back from Wheaton, Illinois, down to the airport to O'Hare, and there were two guys in front of me, and they both were in convertibles. And we're just crawling along at like 15 miles an hour at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And this one guy, he's, he's, he, he's taking a drink, and then he, he looks down. He's got nothing but ice left in his cup, and he tosses his ice out onto the other guy in the convertible. To which the other guy in the convertible starts picking up the ice and pelting him in the head with it. I'm watching two 50-year-old men have an ice fight on a Chicago highway. Ugh. And so I'm just sitting there thinking, ugh, how much lower can this go? And then I just happened to see a thing that popped up on Facebook that a famous theologian that I had followed since I was in seminary was speaking that day in Libertyville, Illinois, which wasn't far away, half an hour drive. So I left the ice fighters and jumped off the freeway and headed back up north to Libertyville to see if they had an extra ticket, and they did. 
was at a Presbyterian church in Libertyville, and so I went in, and I, because I'm a rock and party kind of guy, spent the rest of the day listening to Jurgen Moltmann talk about theology. Again, I am available for parties. And Moltmann, I disagree. Here, he's one of those guys where I disagree with him 90% of the time, but the 10% of the time I agree with him, I really agree with him. Does that make sense? Like most of the time he says stuff, I'm just like, oh, give me a break. And then he'll say something that's so profound, I'm like, oh, I'm stealing that for a sermon. And Moltmann has written a number of books, and what he argues is this. And he was asked this question when I was in Libertyville. He's, he was asked, he goes, they, they, they called him Herr Moltmann, because that's what you do in Germany. Herr is kind of a way of saying sir or professor. Herr Moltmann, what do you think of the American church? He said, I think the American church is too focused on the present, on the now. And they said, well, how do you fix that? He said, if Christians are to be Christians anywhere, including in the present, they have to do two things. They have to focus on the past and they have to focus on the future. He said they have to look to the cross of Jesus Christ where our sins are forgiven. And they have to look to our eternity with God that is to come. And when we focus on the past where our sins are forgiven and the future where we are united with God, that will give you power for the present. He said too many are focused on what they have to do today how people look at them today, what, what they look like today, all that kind of stuff, and they're not looking at the cross and the future. And the irony is when they look at the cross and the future, then they follow Jesus now. And I sat there and I thought, I'm stealing that. Let it be known, I did give him credit, though, did I not? I footnoted it. He's right. He's absolutely correct. But let me be very clear. Now, no matter how faithful you are in inviting people to church and sharing the gospel with Jesus Christ, and I, I look, I... I say that because if, if you invite people to church and they say, no, it's fine, it's not about this church, if you share the God, but you do that because you don't, you're not comfortable or you don't know how to share the gospel or you're worried about answering questions, whatever, but if you can share the gospel and they get to a Bible-believing church, this one or another one, praise God. But. No matter how faithful you are, you're going to have people who get mad at you, you're going to have people who think you're intolerant and a bigot and all that kind of stuff. That's the culture we live in, so be it. But it does matter how you share it. You know, as my old friend Jeff Ventrella used to say, being stupid for Jesus is still stupid. 
If you act like an arrogant jerk, nobody's going to want to hear what you want to say, even if it's common sense. You've got to be gracious. You've got to be kind. I know that when I have tried to invite people that I went to high school with, that has been interesting. Because they're like, weren't you the guy who, yeah. I don't even let him finish. Weren't you the guy who, I just, yeah. Yeah, it was me. And you're a preacher? I needed a lot of grace. But I got it. But I had to learn something after I got out of seminary. Which is, it doesn't matter to people if you're a seminary graduate and you know Greek and Hebrew and all that other kind of stuff. What matters is, do they believe you care about them? And I had to learn to try as hard as I can. And it's hard because it's hardwired into my DNA not to be an arrogant jerk. Back many, many moons ago, I can't believe this. I mean, it's, jeez, 26 years ago? I still can't believe I'm 50. 26 years ago, I was working on Capitol Hill. And because I was a nerd then, like I am now, I was a member of the Capitol Hill Historical Society. And yes, I went to meetings to hear people talk about the history of the Capitol. It's not cool, Adam, but thank you. I, I honestly, if I was if I was the 16-year-old me, would have taken the 24-year-old me and stuffed me in a locker. But anyway, I would because of that, I got chosen to be the tour guide for my congressman. So every week we would have people from the district uh, from Southern Ohio come by. They were in D.C. and they would stop by to see their congressman. And the congressman would graciously tell me that I got to go give a tour of the Capitol to this two people, six people, ten people, junior high students, ugh, whatever. And I, I, I tried to, to, to like, adjust the tour a little bit. I learned the ghost stories. I don't even believe in ghosts then or now, but, it, you know, I learned the ghost stories from the security guards and all that kind of stuff to make it kind of interesting, and I would do all that. I would tell them about the fact that they couldn't go up into the Capitol Dome. You cannot, by law, go up into the Capitol Dome unless you're accompanied by a congressman. Now, this is what's interesting. There is graffiti all through the Capitol Dome, which means the people you elected took a can of Krylon into your nation's capital and spray-painted it like they were a hillbilly proposing to Brenda on an overpass. It's weird. But I take them through, I give them the tour, and part of the tour is you come to Statutory Hall. Now, Statutory Hall at one time was the old room for the U.S. Senate. It is notorious because the acoustics are so odd in there. They're so good, and they're, but they're so odd. If you stand in certain places, you can whisper in the floor, and they can hear you across the hall. 
One senator pretended to be deaf and would sit in the Senate hall all day just to hear people talk and take notes. That's statutory hall. But they call it statutory hall now because each state proposes and gives at least one or two statues per their state of somebody representing their state. And so one day, I was giving my little tour of statutory hall to four or five people from Ohio, and I'm showing them around, and one of the things you, everybody points out is that the statue of Will Rogers from Oklahoma, uh, Will Rogers, don't know who that was, was one of the first stand-up comedians. Will Rogers was the guy who said, never met a man I never you know, didn't like. Will Rogers was the guy who said, I don't belong to an organized uh, political party, I'm a Democrat. That's Will Rogers. And Will Rogers, there's a, there's a um, superstition in the Senate that if you have, you're going to vote on a close vote, you rub Will Rogers' foot, the statue's foot. And so the statue's foot is worn down. And so I'm showing him this. And Senator Daniel Inouye, who passed away several years ago, he was a senator from Hawaii for decades, World War II hero and veteran. He stopped me one day. He said, young man, I see you giving tours here all the time. I said, yes, Senator. He said, why don't you ever talk about the priest from Hawaii? I said, because I don't know anything about the priest from Hawaii, Senator. He said, well, you're about to learn. And he grabbed me, and he pulled me over, and if a senator says, come here, you go. And so I sat there, and he told me the story. Here's the story. And I want you to keep this in mind when you're thinking about sharing the gospel. There was a priest sent to Hawaii, and when he landed there, he didn't know anything about it. He got off the boat, and he realized that the Pope had sent him to a leper colony. But he was a man of God, and so he stood up and he preached. He preached that they could have a relationship with God, that they could find salvation through God. He said, if you people will just trust me, no one listened. For a decade he preached and not one person came to Christ. Not one. And then one day he got up and he looked down at his arm and he had realized he was now a leper. And the next time he preached, he didn't say you people. He said we. And it started a revival. We are all infected with the same disease. It's called sinfulness. We all have it. There is no VIP room in the kingdom of God. There is our perfect Lord and Savior, and there is everyone else. We're all sick. We are Patients in the cancer ward reaching out to other patients in the cancer ward. That's who we are. We have no right to look down on anyone. I don't care what they've done. Let me tell you one last thing that you don't want to hear before I wish you a happy new year. This past, I used to, when I was in fresh out of law school, I was a prosecutor. 
I spent my first year working as a prosecutor. And we've all watched the news unfold from Moscow, Idaho, where four people were killed. And I remember watching that, and as a prosecutor, and I've done murder cases, I said, as bloody as it was, literally blood was dripping out of that house. And I said, there's no way this, whoever did it, is getting away because there's no way you can commit a crime like that and not leave DNA. And this week, someone, they followed the DNA, they went through a genealogical website, they found the guy, the car matched, and they arrested him. Hopefully he's the one, and hopefully justice will be done. I don't know much about this person. I've read a little bit about him. But the simple fact is, if that person sincerely gets down on his knees in the next few minutes and begs God for forgiveness, you're in the same boat as he is. And I know you don't want to hear that. But it's the truth. Sin is sin. And grace is grace. And you and I, from God's perspective, God's perspective, because I understand what people will say because people have said it to me for 20-some years when I've preached this. Well, but, no, there's no well, but. But, no, 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 no. What you're doing is you're judging another human being by your standards, by our standards, and not by God's standards. And God gets the final call, not you. And this year, and I hope you all have a great new year. I hope that COVID finally goes away. I hope we can all just be at ease. I hope that you and yours, your kids, grandkids, everyone, I hope you have a great year. I really want nothing but the best for you. Health-wise, financially, relationships, I hope everything is great. But a day is coming when we will stand before our Lord and have to give an account whether we loved him or not. And Jesus' namesake says, be very careful how you love the Lord. And the Lord says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Will you? I understand you have New Year's resolutions. You have plans. I do too. I'm going to have to find a second job to pay for bay windows and to suck out a bunch of vents. I need to lose 30 pounds. I need to figure out a way that my wife's puppies disappear and she doesn't blame me. I have plans, but at the end of the day, I want us all to be faithful, just to be faithful, and to love Jesus Christ carefully. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a new year. We thank you that at this time, even as arbitrary as it is, we have the opportunity to reflect and look forward and to plan and to hopefully execute 
good things to become healthier, have better relationships, be more careful with our money, to do all of those things. More than anything else, may we love you carefully by keeping your commandments and making disciples of all nations, not just in Uganda, but here. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Christ Community Church, Happy New Year. God bless you. And be praying for me because I think I have one more day of Hallmark movies in my future. But hopefully, Bengals will beat the Bills tomorrow night. God bless you. Lord willing, I'll see you next time. See you. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.